Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I am grateful to be here after eight years of struggling because today I... I'm able to perceive stress as a challenge. And I think that anything can be done and it can be fun. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. This episode is powered by the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program. We are helping enhancing the startup ecosystems in six different countries, four of which are based in the Balkans. And you get to meet really amazing people here. And not just that you share your know-how, you also get to learn a lot from these people here. My name is Nina Nikolic, and I am the Manager of Entrepreneurs in Residence and Ecosystem Facilitator for the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program here in Macedonia. Thank you so much for powering the Women in Tech podcast. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating and empowering women in tech around the world. Yes, right now we are in Macedonia, and I'm so excited to be featuring such innovative women in tech. Who would think in the Balkan region you would find some of the most wonderful people in the world? Hello, Nina. Hello, hello. So, okay, you are just making things happen left and right, which is incredible. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, Thank you. Uh, And thank you for having me on your podcast. And thank you for being in Macedonia and Skopje. Yeah, of course. Uh, Hi, everyone. I'm Nina Angelovska from Macedonia, uh, and I am co-founder of the first deal platform on the Macedonian market, and at the same time, the leading e-commerce company. It's called Grouper. Uh, We launched in 2011, uh, and we are known on the market as the game changer in e-commerce in Macedonia. And you have 200,000 partners? Users. Uh, Users. And how many vendors do you have? Over 3,500 merchants that we work with, domestic as well as international companies and hotels and all all sorts of uh, companies that we work with to provide the best uh, deals for travel services and products to the end customers. And uh, what I do besides running the company, which is not a small thing, but I am yeah. also running in the let's say the, in my my desire to uh, to change the, the the e-commerce market in the country. I'm also running the uh, Macedonian e-commerce association, which is trying to you know to create inclusive e-commerce for everybody and eliminate the barriers on the market. 
So what what I've been doing with Grouper for eight years, I started going like more on a high level, institutional level, representing everybody in the industry. You know what's so interesting that I discovered about the Balkan region, and tell me if this was true about Macedonia too, is that merchant, like a payment processing is really difficult here. The, typically everything is cash, and utilizing credit cards is not the same as it is in America where it's easy and everybody does it. Is that accurate for Macedonia too? Mm, yeah, you know, we do a lot of statistics and uh, it's, uh, let's say like today, in 2017 actually, the latest data is that only 3% of the total payment with payment cards is for payments in e-commerce, while mm. 29% are in uh, post-terminals you know, for purchasing yeah. in retail and shops. And uh, 68% are for withdrawing money from the ATMs. Yeah. So despite we have uh, more payment cards than we have citizens, 1.8 million payment cards are in circulation. Uh, people don't use their payment cards. But the thing is that the situation is changing. And we actually did did uh, a lot in, in terms of changing the market because Grouper has 200,000 uh, uh, 200, users. Yeah. And if we see the country, Macedonia is small, you know, 2 million citizens, we yeah. can say that every 10th person that you'll meet has a grouper account. And isn't that actually great news for you? Because the more people that use the payment cards, the bigger your company will get. Um, or how do people well, pay for the daily deals? We do not offer uh, payment in cash, but we offer only, let's say, if you're looking at the, the long, uh, on the long yeah. run. yeah. Uh, when we started, we decided that we are going to only uh, allow payment by payment cards. Yeah. So there were a lot of people that would ask, can I pay cash or can I come to your offices right, and right. buy a coupon? Yeah. <laughs> uh, or can I pay directly at the merchant? Yeah. You know, just to give you a bit of a picture of how totally. the market was and it still yeah. is. And uh, there is another obstacle when we speak about payment cards and solutions. Yeah. You know, the, the mentality and the IT literacy is pretty low still. Macedonia yeah. has a very low overall digital skills. Right. So we, we were basically educating the market in order to create the market right. when we launched. Because we were going to have three phone calls uh, lines. And yeah. we were going to answer millions of emails and phone calls. Like CVC code is the code on the back of your card. Or right. do you have an email or let me open up an account for you or whatever totally. it, it would take for us to create a user, you know, and to, to make them buy and keep them, yeah. of course, after that. For all the Americans listening in the Balkan region, like things like uh, that are very normal for us, such as webinars, is new here. Um, people don't really care for them yet as a culture. Uh, credit card uh, usage is, you know, new here. It's not like the states where it's just normal and everybody uses it. It's extremely different. So it's a really big deal uh, um, that you're building this company that's all based on e-commerce. And let's get into your story. So. For, when did you first fall in love with technology? Like, were you a little girl, or when did that happen? I can say I fell in love with e-commerce more uh, while I was studying. So I graduated in the Faculty of Economics on uh, e-business. Yeah. And it was my first uh, touch with e-commerce was just when I started uh, studying, when yeah. I was like, what was that, 2006? Yeah. And then I graduated as a student of the year, and uh, I I got uh, I was very competitive when yeah. I was studying. You know, my mother would uh, tell me that you have to be best at whatever yeah. you decide to do. So I really had that competitive spirit, and I won at the most innovative business plan competition That's when I was so 21 cool. years old, and I got a huge check. 
which was actually a grant to start my business. Was this and Grouper or a yes, different business? Okay. Yeah, and that's actually how I dived into the business world, and Grouper was my first official employment, though I did a lot of internships while I was studying, you know, but this was like the, the first thing that I decided to 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 dive into the business world yeah. and start my own entrepreneurial journey. And then I also decided to continue and pursue the to give back to the science. Yeah. And I did my master's thesis while I was studying. And I also did my PhD just That's crazy. two years ago. It's, it's all in e-commerce. So I, I think you can see my my love and passion yeah. for the... Yeah. For, for e-commerce. How many employees do you have? Uh, 20. It's, so, I mean, when you first started... I mean, anybody that is straight out of college, we all don't know anything. And so for you to have enough belief in yourself that despite that I'm new to the world, that I haven't had a job before, I can do this. What, what like brought you to that mindset? Was it your upbringing? Was it your parents? Like, it's, I think not only in the States, but especially here, that's very rare and unique that you had so much belief in self. So I find that inspiring. What, what led to that? Uh, first of all, thank you. And second of all, the question is very well, uh, very well put because I think that I owe everything what I am today or what I've achieved to my parents, to, to those genes, first yeah. of all. <laughs> yeah. And then to the upbringing of how they raised me, especially I consider my mother that to be my mentor, my life Aww. mentor. And uh, she gave me a lot of support, but not just support, but, you know, she's very real and open and uh, she's the one that's been providing me the, with the real feedback all the time. Yeah. And I think that, that's, that, that, was, that was something that was crucial. But then when you start, you know, th- there is someone that's going to give you the ground and, uh, like, set you for, for to, to start the race. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. it's on you. yeah. So I think that uh, I didn't have any, let's put it this way, lack of self-confidence. Right. A lot of people have asked me if uh, I felt like uh, something because I was a, I was a woman. You right, know? right. But I think that it was more... And still was are. Very, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes uh, I say that too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think that yeah. it was... It, it was uh, I was talking, re- referring to when yeah. I started because, you know, I was 21 years old and it was always the question, so how did they perceive you? You were right. such a... When you're a woman, did you feel like any discrimination? Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was 21 years old when I, when I started. I was 22 when we launched the yeah. business. And uh, I, I never, uh, I never started to think about that. I was more worried, maybe, that I'm too young if they're gonna think of me that I'm a serious, in, serious in business. But you didn't but, think that of yourself. No, not at all. Never. You were worried other people would think of you, but you didn't think it of yourself. It's so different than for me. I, I look back, and one of my biggest failures was and. And the biggest reason why I do everything I do today is because when I was 18, I didn't believe I was enough to to bring my company to where I wanted to bring it. And now looking back, and so I would hire all these fancy consultants with like peppered white hair thinking, oh, they're all smarter than me. And looking back, I've learned that it's not as important to be competent, it's more important to be committed and passionate. Like the person who has the perseverance will win over competency. Do yeah. you agree? Yes. Uh, I I actually wrote a, 
uh, one article that it's called my this is my model that I called it the entrepreneurship mix eight P's. Yeah. And one of those is uh, passion and perseverance, yeah. two things that you mentioned. Amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely agree that I think that passion is the core. Actually, this the driving force that keeps you going is the what gives you the moving mountain attitudes that right. you feel that you can do anything. Yeah. And I think that it's very important. The attitude is also very important, but it's also uh, important to be, you know, a fast learner and to be able to absorb knowledge because that's the only way that we can overcome totally. the obstacles because passion is what, what will give you the strength to keep going yeah, and to, to, to keep learning yeah. and to be a hard worker. But at the end of the day, we also have to, you know, have to learn a lot on the go. And we can we should use our potential, which is one of my other piece in the eight piece model, you know, because not everybody's using their potential. I yeah. say this a lot to young people uh, because research shows that we use uh, we don't use the the potential that we have like the the the, the, the average person uh, potential is far greater than its usage. yeah. So I think that we should be all aware that uh, we should use our potential and invest in ourselves, you know, not spare our our mind or yeah. brain from things and uh, start by start by self-discipline and, uh, uh, you know, stop scrolling and wasting our, <laughs> our hours on, on things that don't add value to us yeah. because who we are going to be five years from now, it's built and defined today But what we do. So I think that uh, today meeting you is is great because uh, actually I'm learning something new and you are also very inspiring and you're Thank visiting you. here and I'm, yeah. I think that everybody should be aware that we should really try to invest in our potential and make the most out of our, ourselves. And we'll include your, your post in the show notes as well. So we'll make sure our awesome teammate Carl puts that in the show notes so everybody can read. Is sure. it on Medium or is it on, where can we find it? No, it's on Forbes. I started contributing on Forbes. Uh, cool. recently and awesome. yeah, that's one of my first articles. It's not the first one, I think, but it's, it's it might be the first one. Actually. We'll find it. We'll yeah. find it and we'll put it in the show notes. Um, it's just so everybody has an idea. Bo, it's about eight something at night. It's probably closer to nine o'clock right now. It's a Saturday. I'm sure that we're both exhausted. Nina runs a huge company. I'm just tired out of my mind. And both of us are showing up for one another because we both believe in what we do. And that's what it takes. Like it doesn't, um, it's not that complicated. You just, sometimes you just have to show up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes that's the hardest part, just showing yes. up. And so, yeah. And so, okay. You know, you should stop yeah. think. Uh, you should stop. We should stop thinking right. or feeling. Right. It's like I hear a lot of people say, like, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like. Yeah. Uh, but do do you think that anybody wants to do the dishes or the laundry? <laughs> Have you heard someone yeah. say like, Oh, I really feel like I want to do the laundry. Yeah. But those are there. There are some things in life that we just should do without much thinking you yeah. know, because sometimes feeling is making us <laughs> completely and it's something that we were talking about before we started recording was um, being really connected to our purpose and some days you may want to not do something because uh, for whatever reason the reason I get out of bed and I feel like it's the same reason you probably get out of bed is because we feel really connected to our purpose. So whether we're tired or maybe we wanted to eat, but we haven't eaten yet, or maybe we wanted to go on the, the day at the beach and we didn't, um, we're so connected to our purpose. It's okay to, 
to sacrifice to an extent. I mean, obviously, we all want to live a healthy life and whatever balance means to an entrepreneur, but being connected to your, to your purpose, I think, is is the is the primary. How would you describe purpose to someone that maybe is listening right now that's like, okay, that sounds great, but I don't know what that means to me. How would someone find or know their purpose? Do you have any suggestions? I've never asked that question before, but I think it's an interest. I, I even need to think about it. Yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's like uh, the definition of success that is something that everybody can define define its own, uh, has his own definition of what success is. I think right. it's similar for purpose, you know, because it's, uh, again, it it would be like the same thing that will uh, make you wake up in the morning or yeah. make you sacrifice some uh, coffees or yeah. make you sacrifice some sleep hours. Yeah, I think that uh, it, you will be better off if you know your purpose. And I think that having purpose also means that uh, you you will be uh, willing to choose the means. Yeah. That, that you use to get there, to, right. to your purpose, you right. know? Because I think that it's very important that, uh, I, at least I, I want to go to bed and feel good about myself and feel good about what I do. Yeah. And I think that it's what purpose gives you, actually, you know, mm-hmm. after a long, hard-working day, to be able to say this was a long and hard day and yeah. I had a lot of struggles. Yeah. But in the end of the day, I'm grateful because I know why I'm doing this. Yeah. Is the famous why of Simon Sinek. Oh, I love Simon Sinek. Yes, watch his talks on YouTube if you haven't. And I think um, one last thing I'll say before I move on to the next question about overcoming struggles um, is we all choose our life. You didn't have to be an entrepreneur. You didn't have to start building a company to manage 20 people and more to come. You didn't have to revolutionize e-commerce in Macedonia. You made a choice and you... continue to make a choice every day. So one thing I'd like to share with everyone is no matter where you are in your life right now, whether you're living the life that you want or the life that maybe you don't want, we're all choosing. If you're tired, if you're energized, whatever you are, all of us are choosing all day long, every minute of every day. And so just kind of like take a second and ask yourself, are you okay with your choices? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of choices, uh, the choices that you made, they're hard because I've been there too. Like female founder, it's not easy. It's very glamorized in the media today. I don't understand why. <laughs> um, you've, you've experienced a lot of um, obstacles and it's not specific to you. Every single entrepreneur on the planet experiences a lot of obstacles. Uh, how, what's a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? I think that... Uh, overcome almost all of the challenges and obstacles that that were on the way, you know, but uh, now the modern world of an obstacle is a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> we don't see problems, we see yeah, challenges, yeah, yeah. but I think that seeing, being able to see obstacles and problems like a challenge, actually, yeah. like challenges, is, is crucial because that's how you set your mind that this is something that has to be overcome. This is a rock standing on my way and I'm going to, I'm going to just, uh, well, overcome this yeah. this obstacle because after that we feel more knowledgeable, stronger, and better about ourselves, yeah. more confident, you know. And I really had to overcome like uh, the road was bumpy. There were a lot of rocks on the way, right? Light ones, heavy ones, all sorts of rocks. Yeah. But if I have to choose, like, uh, I don't know, one that would be like the heaviest one, I would say that maybe. If, uh, 
finding people is one of the one of the key challenges. Talent, finding yeah. talent. Oh finding my gosh, I know. Skilled work. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I've I've met a lot of entrepreneurs. I travel a lot. Uh, I go to and speak to various conferences, and I speak to entrepreneurs. And I thought that this is a problem that we had on we have on the Balkans, but it's a problem everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that we have here. But uh, on the, on on the way in, when when I speak about the challenges and the rocks, you know, uh, when you when you gave the, the the audience like a bit of a picture of where we are and that yeah. we don't use that much payment cards, we we've been evolving. You know, we are an emerging market and things are changing. Yeah. But you can imagine how how the situation was for us in terms of. Um, administrative burdens that we had to face, right? You know, like lack of regulation. Uh, we had a lot of inspections when we started working, yeah. and uh, as I mentioned, the market was not educated. Also, the merchants. You know, we worked with three thousand companies, and we had to, you know, provide knowledge yeah. about marketing, about going online, about what the trends totally. are. So there were a lot of obstacles. Uh, and I would say that uh, I am grateful to be here after eight years of struggling because today I I'm able to perceive stress as a challenge. Really? And I think that anything can be done and it can be fun. I yeah, you know, we were organizing a huge conference with the e-commerce association just a few days ago, and two days before the conference, the the host of the conference just canceled. One of the speakers canceled, and I was like smiling when they told me and I was like hmm, this is gonna be a rough day but I'm smiling and I'm gonna do my morning run and I'm gonna figure out how I'm gonna you still this. did your morning run yeah interesting and I was like this is life is good things happen and that's what will make make me stronger because I'm gonna find a solution to to any problem that will arise and I won't you know complain or be anxious or nervous about it because that's experience I think yeah do you ever, well, two things. One, when you feel really tired, what? how do you overcome that? And then also, um, do you ever feel like any, the kind of business that you have is is just, it's, it's I, I know this is a bit of a negative world, but it's overwhelming. It's a lot of policies and regulations and it's just, it's a lot. It's very technical and it's a lot of the unexpected and politics and all this. Do you, is it ever daunting? Like, do you ever feel like, how am I ever going to figure this out? I think, I feel like I would feel like that. Yeah. uh, First of all, how I overcome, uh, what I do when I'm exhausted, I sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think that's, I forgot. (laughs) Thanks for the memo. I didn't know that's what I was supposed to do. I think that that's my, my, like, if, if I'm too tired, just go to sleep and, tomorrow is going to be a new day and uh, I don't I try not to sacrifice uh, good hours of sleep Uh, and yeah the the business is you know you have to be like all the the time ready for a change and you have to be like if something is if like Facebook changes something in their algorithm you feel like your ROI is going to drop if you don't do anything about it right away so, yeah, constant change and following the trends and changes is very important. And in terms of the laws and regulations, you know, I've been also part of some uh, associations like the European E-Commerce Association. And then I've been working on some projects international about uh, e-commerce laws and regulations. And 
uh, being uh, first on the market and being the one that's going to change and set the rules took a lot of reading of topics that I was not familiar with. You know, I, I, I didn't know anything about regulations or laws, but I just had to had to know because uh, I if I'm going to grow my business, I have to know what, what the rules are and and what it needs to be done to be better at the regulations and laws. I'm speaking about uh, that we, I, I managed the lobby and we actually did some changes in the, in the regulations in the past years. And now we are also seeing some positive uh, openness and transparency from the government to, to accept our proposals, to listen to the voice of the real and the, the business sector, you know, so that's good. And I think that at the end of the day, as you mentioned, when you have like, you know, the passion and the purpose, uh, when you see that you have made an impact right. and that you managed to do a change, that's what like gives you motivation for to be like, okay, this is done and whatever comes on the way will be able to, at least, at least it's our obligation to try. One of one of uh, the recent entrepreneurs I met that it, I found just so inspiring for his perseverance, and I also a little, a little ludicrous. I can't believe how much perseverance he has. Was the founder of the Serbian company Cargo? You know Cargo? Yeah, I heard about it. So many politics. Oh my gosh, it's just constant challenges, and I'm like, how does this guy survive? all these challenges and he does it all with a smile on his face. It's like, we're just going to continuously figure it out. I don't know. I really, you know, my, my business is, um, it doesn't have those kinds of challenges with the regulations and politics and all. I just think that that's a whole nother level and, you know, kudos to you to be able to take it on. And I think everybody listening right now, hearing that you seriously, you didn't know certain areas and you went out and you educated yourself. And that just shows like, Again, it's a choice. It's just a choice. You're a choice away. Um, do you ever rely on your board of directors for mentorship and guidance and things of that nature? Or who do you rely for mentorship? Uh, well, this is uh, you know, a private company, and we are three co-founders. I'm the CEO and running the company, so uh, I wouldn't. We don't have a. Uh, we don't. We don't have another body that we can yeah. rely on. So it's us to make the decisions and. Yeah. We we like to include all our members when we make certain decisions where everybody can contribute, uh, because you know when when you you're part of the decision you are more like willing to get on board when we when we implement the the decision. Right. And uh, we actually I, I do have a lot of contacts. I do have a lot of friends. Uh, not only of course from Macedonia and the region, but uh, from the globe. But I think that. It's very difficult to ask for someone for advice from, let's say, from U.S. for our market because yeah. you know we know how the market breeds and right. it's so different when you're so local different. and when you know the mentality. Uh, but I, I think that advice is very welcome. So it's like whose advice you're gonna get and whose advice you're gonna you're gonna apply. Right. It's it's again the choice of what we what we decide yeah. who to ask and who whose advice we're gonna you know uh, apply. So I think that when we make crucial decisions, is uh, we 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 vote. Yeah, you know, and there's three of us, and uh, my two uh, co-founders are male, so I somehow manage to lobby better. One of those, <laughs> one of them, and uh, that's how I get I get the voice. <laughs> very funny. How did you find your co-founders? 
How did um, you find one another? Yeah, this is a funny story because when I was studying, you know, I mentioned that I, I would go to different companies and do different internships during uh, the years. And I think it was second or third year of, of my studies. And I felt like I want to try. I, I followed some photography courses and I was also just started writing or something. And I applied for two few companies for internships. And the one company that I applied was a portal for nightlife and doing some photos and interviews and stuff. Right. And uh, those th this company was run by my two co-founders today. Yeah. And uh, that's how we met. I, I was uh, during the summer. I was uh, doing uh, some work for for one month for their website. And then when I got the the, the award. The word uh, because we are talking about a U.S. market, you know, the Silicon Valley version of my check would be like three hundred thousand euros or dollars, yeah. but it was three hundred thousand dollars, which was five thousand euros, just to give a yeah. bit of a picture. What was the the investment that I started the business with? <laughs> so it was five thousand euro. We couldn't afford to 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 pay HR, marketing, and um, finance people, but we had to do it all ourselves. Which, if for so, uh, our fellow Americans out there, that's under ten thousand dollars. It's probably like seven thousand dollars ish. Yeah, yeah it's 67. very little. It's yeah. very little and a lot of perseverance. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, uh, when people ask me, but how did you do it with with you know with six US uh, with six thousand dollars? And I'm like, you know, the word, the word growth hacking and growth hacking, hacking yeah. did not exist back then, <laughs> but that's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's how I met my two co-founders. And then I went with the check and I said, I think we should do this together. Are you in? Do you want to do yeah. this together? And they were happy to get on board. So that's how we, we started the three of us so together. So cool. What, what, What was your favorite piece of advice uh, or one of them in your life that you've got something that you could share with all of us? Maybe something your mom said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if it's something that my mom said and then I added something to that to that thing, it would be she, she, she would always tell me that uh, knowledge is the only thing that nobody can, nobody can take away from you. You know, it's a, it's a resource. You can have uh, houses and cars and buildings uh, And all that can be gone one day because, you know, the world is not always right us. But what you have in here, so what you yeah. have in your in your brain, in your yeah. mind, is, that's something that, that no one can take away from you. And that if you have that, then you will be able to build new things, new amazing things, and you won't be afraid that it's something that someone can take it away from you. And today, I, after eight years of extensive experience, I very much respect that. And I add to that quote that passion is also something that no one can take away from you. And it's something that no one can copy. Like, you know, a lot of companies and people can copy your idea or your business. But what no one can copy is what you have in your heart about your company. So it's, I think, the passion that no one can take away from you and that gives some magical spirit to what we do. I completely agree. I can't tell you over the years, my company, We Are LA Tech, how many people have come and gone out of Los Angeles saying that they're going to build the community. I'm like, okay, I'll support you in doing that because I know what hard work it takes. Yes. And I'm like, you know, um, I find a lot of times that um, 
just women specifically, we're a little bit more humble. We don't, we don't boast about our milestones and awards. We stay more quiet about it. Have there been any awards or, or celebrations that you've had in your career? I know that in mine, I have not stopped to like acknowledge them. So I'd love to hear what yours are. Uh, so the biggest recognition I got so far was being named Forbes 30 and 30 honoree, or as Forbes people would say, the list maker. And it was the biggest recognition that I got so far. And it was the day when I stopped and realized what I've done. You know, uh, it's it's really a big, uh, it gives you motivation to keep going what you've been doing for like seven years. Uh, and apart the, than that, I've got a lot of recognitions in the country as well. But, you know, the, the this was the biggest one and before before being named Forbes, I got another recognition from a German magazine called The 100, which was naming me uh, in the list of 100 female founders from Europe. So all these big recognitions uh, mean a lot when you are struggling and you're working in an emerging market and you're like, how did they find me? But it's, it, it's, it's an amazing feeling. And what is your favorite app or website or, or tech tool, hardware, anything? Hmm. I have a lot, actually, that I use. But, like, my favorite one, of course, is our grouper app. <laughs> you're, you're allowed. No, I'm just, I, I, I recently, uh, I, I love this iWatch that I recently bought the new one. Yeah. The, uh, Although yeah. I, I love technology and I love everything that it does. Yeah. But I'm like, I feel like the only thing that, the, the only place that I didn't have any technology stick to me was when I was sleeping. And yeah. now we have this thing to tell you how many of hours of sleep you got <laughs> and stuff. And I'm like, I know when I go to bed, I know when I get up, I don't have, I don't have to have my watch yeah. in my sleep. But like, let me, let me see if, if, uh, what's on my homepage, because you know, a lot of, of course, it's like tools for management and calendars and stuff. And uh, uh, one of the apps that would be like social is Instagram. Yeah. Is currently that, that I'm using the most, let's say. And of course, LinkedIn for professional use. But uh, there, here's a fun fact for all Americans is that we use on the Balkans Viber over oh, yeah. WhatsApp. So we do also business on Viber. Everybody's oh, really? texting everybody. Uh, you know, a lot of small businesses are not even using their email. They prefer to type. And so now Facebook Messenger and Viber becomes the business tools. Um, oh, crazy. So it's very, yeah, it's very... Wait, explain it to me. So I installed Viber here because everybody is using Viber. Yeah. I find that WhatsApp works better than Viber, but I use both I now. I agree with you. <laughs> now, I don't understand why people here want to use Viber. Can you tell me? I mean, yeah, other I than the stickers. I can tell you an interesting story about it, actually. <laughs> yeah. You know, they say that uh, you're standing on the on the, uh, on the the railway street yeah. station and you're waiting for the train to come. Yeah. And, you know, the first train that comes is WhatsApp and it costs $1 to get in the train and go. Yeah. But while you're waiting to get on the, that train, some people get it, get on it. Yeah. And another train is coming, which can take you to the same direction, yeah. but it's just for free. Yeah. So you go to the train that's for free. That's yeah. what Balkans did. Because, yeah. you know, WhatsApp, when it, when, it's, when it launched, it was a paid app. Oh, it was? It was. And here the culture is that, uh, is that people don't buy that much apps, especially in, the, yeah. uh, in this region. So I think that that's the main reason, because when you, when you 
start and you're hooked on something. Oh, because it's free now, uh, right? Yes. I don't think I paid for WhatsApp. I know that I paid for it. My, you did. Yeah, I did. Well, because my cousin from Sweden had the, the app and he was like, I'm going to call you on WhatsApp oh, and that's why wow. I bought it. But after that, I know that they, they were free, but I think that that's... That was it. That was the catch. It reminds me of um, Friendster in MySpace, uh, not with the free, but with catching something at the right moment. Friendster uh, had a problem with their servers and their servers uh, were overloaded and you couldn't get in the site. That same week is when MySpace pierced the social media industry, social networking industry, and made themselves popular and took advantage of that moment when Friendster servers servers were overwhelmed. It's like timing, you know? Like if WhatsApp didn't allow that space maybe Viber would have never been able to pierce their way in. Yeah, it's so, so, so sometimes crazy. it takes so little, to, so little to make a big change. So crazy. I, now I'm thinking of all the tech companies <laughs> and timing. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. I imagine, I ask everybody, how many, have, is this your first podcast? Now you do interviews all the time. Is this your first podcast? Ah, uh, it's not my first. I one. didn't think so. Yeah, but I think it's the favorite. It's the first one in English. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that counts. No, but the reason why I ask is actually I just find it so interesting and exciting that um, I'd say, uh, without exaggerating, probably over ninety-seven, ninety-eight percent of everybody interviewed has never been interviewed on a podcast before. And I feel like it's such a privilege that I get to expose people more to the world and be that stepping stone to be on more stuff or for other people to hear them and invite them. Now, I know you're in the media a lot. So, like, I was like, no, that's, she's probably been on, but I didn't want to make assumptions, you know? And but so, it, yeah. the first one, uh, as in I said, English. in English. Yeah, um, that's really cool. And the first one for the U.S. It, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's crazy. That's so cool. Well, thank you so much for investing your time. It's definitely an investment. Like I said, it's Saturday night and we're inside an office, both tired probably. I'm not going to speak for you. I know I'm tired. <laughs> you seem really vibrant. I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh. And uh, I'm just feeling really lucky that uh, we got to spend our night this way. So thank you. Thank you and thank you so much for being here. Oh, of course. Where can people find out more about Grouper? On grouper.mk and on all social media channels like uh, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, anywhere that you can find us, Grouper or me. And that's G-R-U-P-E-R. Yes, that's and, right. And where can people connect with you further? Where Are you on any social media or LinkedIn? Yeah, all social media and LinkedIn. Can you spell your name for everybody if they want to look you up online? Sure, it's N-A-N-A. Uh, A-N-G-E-L-O-V-S-K-A so it's Nina Angelovska and it's the same on all social media the username remember you can connect with more extraordinary women in tech on the women in tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com that's womenintechvip.com and you can say hello on social at women in tech show on Instagram on Twitter on Facebook I will talk to you guys see you guys hear you guys in the next episode bye this is Nina Angelovska from Macedonia, CEO and co-founder of Grouper.mk, the leading e-commerce sale platform. We are providing the best deals to the end users by working with uh, over 3,000 merchants from domestic ones and also from abroad. And you're listening to Women in Tech podcast. 
It would not be possible to celebrate all these women in tech who have been extraordinary here in the Balkan region without the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program. And I'd like to welcome Nina to talk a little bit about what Swiss EP is. Thank you so much for powering the Women in Tech podcast. We are helping enhancing the startup ecosystems in six different countries, four of which are based in the Balkans. We are working in emerging markets and supporting young entrepreneurs, but also the supporting organizations like Incubator Accelerator. We started a program program called Entrepreneurs in Residence, which means that experts can come and work with our startup founders here and startup teams and supporting organizations. We cover accommodation and travel expenses. And you get to meet really amazing people here. And not just that you share your know-how, you also get to learn a lot from these people here. My name is Nina Nikolic, and I am the manager of Entrepreneurs in Residence and ecosystem facilitator for the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program here in Macedonia. To find out more about the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program, go to entrepreneur-in-residence.net. That's entrepreneur-in-residence.net. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.